Welcome to Alive and Active Life, broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and inspiration to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's practical insights. I don't think there's a person alive who doesn't sometimes need a third party in some way. Surely you've been there. I know I have. When you've done all you can, when you've reached to the end of your knowledge or resources, when you simply can't see clearly, that's when it takes a third party. I'd like to go into a backstory found in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 1-15. through 15. It's a well-known story. Well, actually, it's the fallout of a sad story. The chapter before, David commits adultery with Bathsheba. And if you've read that story with a fine-tooth comb, you'll notice David makes about nine errors in three ways. Let's talk about those three ways. First of all, leading up to sin. Second, engaging in sin. And third, covering up sin. David, the man after God's own heart, which is mentioned in 1 Samuel 13, verse 14, this man gets completely off balance, and he loses perspective. Instead of leading his army to defend his kingdom, he assigns that task to his general. But he stays home, lounging, maybe bored, perhaps tired possibly discouraged, not initially intending to do wrong. In this off-focused condition, David falls. Have you been there? Off balance? Maybe bored? Perhaps tired? Possibly discouraged, not initially intending to do wrong? God brings accountability to David, the man of his choosing, because he is a good father He confronts the man after his own heart to help get him back on track. When something is wrong, unjust, off balance, shouldn't it be made right? Isn't it best to get back on the path God has for you? There are consequences to getting off track, and this is where David finds himself. Let's go through a brief list of events in this story. God sends Nathan, the prophet, to confront David. In other words, his moral failing isn't secret. God sees the lead-up compromises, the sin, and the cover-up. Well, then Nathan engages an effective tactic, storytelling, A selfish man has many sheep, yet he takes the one sheep of a poor man. Apparently, the poor man cherishes this little animal like a daughter. And that's in verse 3 of 2 Samuel chapter 12. The rich man slaughters the little sheep to serve a guest. Are you starting to feel disgust? David gets mad when Nathan tells him this story, and he speaks out loudly a severe punishment over this man. And then comes the lightning bolt accountability. As Nathan says, you are that man. And that's in verse 7. And so begins the exposure, the painful realizations, the consequences 
the surgical fix, and the healing from a loving God who wants his children back on track. The main teaching point of this story is something the text doesn't really state. It's not an in-your-face obvious truth. It's not even a right-to-the-point lesson. In fact, you have to dig for and meditate on and pensively consider the main teaching point. Let's take a look. God reveals a very special part of His own heart in this accountability. In other words, He gives David, you and me, a peek into His great beating heart that is for mankind. God reveals that He Himself is sad, sorrowful, yes, angry, yet loving and forgiving. God is holding accountable a man after his own heart, even as he experiences his own grief over the circumstances. This is very much like a parent, guardian, or teacher role when you highly esteem and love a child or a young adult. Yet you must engage accountability to correct what is off balance. But let's step away from this main teaching point and come back to it. First, we're going to take a look at the fact that we are rulers of the earth. Let's remember that's mankind's purpose. It means globally and individually. And this responsibility to rule the earth ranges from several things. First of all, monitoring conditions to keep our home, the earth, in balance, in proper rhythm, in sync with the systems that God created as caretakers of creation. That's our job. Number two, the fair management of governments, nations, and communities. And then number three, each individual's responsibility to manage one's own life. We're supposed to keep things in healthy balance, in cooperation with God. That means being rulers of the earth. When we get off balance, God is automatically involved. He must be. He's not a distant bystander. As the creator, father figure, and the only third party that can restore balance globally and individually, he is involved. The second thing, after considering that we are rulers of the earth, is that we are made to be content no matter what. It's a side teaching point in the content. Be content in the Lord in all circumstances. The backstory of human history strongly suggests God's people need to practice personal contentment. Let's explore when to be content. Being content is a struggle for everyone. Think of your own life as I ponder mine. It's a lot easier to be content when things are generally going well. That's when it's easier to not be anxious or upset. But the issue of being content covers all of life, good times and bad. Being content in the Lord at all times is a safeguard in spite of developments of all kinds. Even under great duress, testing, or sufferings, there's no other way to live a healthy, balanced life 
than to embrace contentment in Jesus. But sometimes it does take a third party to show you where you're wrong, when you stepped away from being content in Jesus. When we talk about a third party, we often picture a friend, family member, a pastor, a teacher, and so on. But I have another party I'd like to put forward as a credible, accurate, never-miss-anything option. I suggest Scripture can be that reliable third party. However, this third party requires a tender leaning into God's voice and a willingness to be trained in His ways. Most of us tend to see wrongs with a self-serving slant, especially when referring to wrongs in other people. However, God wants us to see to the tiny degree where we are at fault. His Spirit is faithful to teach, and He prefers Scripture as the teacher's manual. Psalm 139.24 says, Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I love that verse. What a great prayer. Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad, speaking to God, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So the question is, are you faithful to listen and respond to what Scripture points out? To the tiny degree? Well, what might stand in the way? Too often, people focus on things that get them off track. Here are some examples. What you want in life. Your agenda, not God's. Being angry, legitimate or not. Feeling cheated, ostracized, or persecuted. Your sufferings. Feeling lonely or hurt. Being genuinely afraid. Injustices, and so on. Some of those things must be addressed. Life is hard, and everyone goes through tough stuff. But when you focus only on the tough stuff, you lose focus on contentment, and you lose sight of Jesus. This affects your ability to manage your individual life and influence. It also affects contentment. And those were the two things we talked about. It affects your ability to rule your portion of the earth and your own life, and it affects contentment. So now we're going to skip back to the backstory that we were talking about with David's life. God's response to David, even as he holds him accountable, is incredible. It shows his great love and kindness. It also shows his broken heart over how people choose everything else over him. After listing everything he has done for David throughout David's young, difficult life, God proves he's been very involved in the circumstances. Unseen, yes, but still extremely involved. Here is what God says in verse 9 of that chapter. And if this were too little, I would add to you as much more. Why have you despised the way of the Lord to do what is evil in His sight? You could say it like this. If all I've done for you wasn't enough, if it was too little, 
including the cross. I would have done even more for you. But this isn't about my desire to bless your life. It's about what you prefer over me, over my provisions and interventions. And it breaks my heart. Yet I must point-blank ask you, why do you disregard my instructions and promises? Why do you continue to choose less than my best for you? Is there a reason you prefer evil pursuits to assuage your emptiness and to fill your loneliness? Why not use your will, the gift I gave you, to choose to be content in me, to choose me? So here's what we've learned. First, you are a manager of all that's in your scope of influence. Second, God wants you to practice contentment in Him because you trust Him. And third, God is involved all the time where you cannot see Him. He cares as a father, enough to bring accountability. God wants you to get back on His path. This is a clear sign of His deep love for you, and He is brokenhearted when you don't trust Him enough to obey. We haven't mentioned yet, David did get back in sync through this sorrowful situation. He regained his balance. His response to God is beautiful. 2 Samuel 12, verse 13 records his response. I have sinned against the Lord. God forgave David and got him back on track. Good accountability carried out in love. God will forgive you and me if we respond like David with sincere repentance. Here is your application section, the questions and thoughts for you to ponder. Number one, are you off balance? Confused, tired of the battle. Number two, are you turning to God for guidance in life challenges? And then third, will you accept His methods to restore balance in your life, even if it includes accountability? Number four, have you chosen to be content in the Lord in all circumstances? Five, what should you change to be content in the Lord? And six, are you aware of the heart-wrenching sadness God has when you aren't content in Him? Please visit our website for devotional materials, articles, podcasts, and resources to help grow your faith in God, pursue noble character, and have an alive and active life. You've been listening to Brenda Wolf with Alive and Active Life. Visit our website at www.aliveandactivelife.org, your web-based home for resources including books and ebooks, libraries of articles, podcasts, and more as you navigate life's challenges and issues. Sign up on our email list and subscribe to our podcast to stay current with the tools you need to be the person God designed, living an alive and active life.